Section three of Confessions, volumes five and six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Confessions, volumes five and six, by Jean Jacques Rousseau, anonymously translated. Section three behold me then so full of this concert that night or day i could think of nothing else and it actually employed a great part of my time to select the music assemble the musicians look to the instruments and write out the several parts madame de varence sang father caton whom i have before mentioned and shall have occasion to speak of again sang likewise a dancing-master named roche and his son played on the violin canavas a piedmontese musician who was employed like myself in the survey and has since married at paris played on the violoncello the abbe palais performed on the harpsichord and i had the honour to conduct the whole it may be supposed all this was charming i cannot say it equalled my concert at m de tretorens but certainly it was not far behind it this little concert given by madame de varens the new convert who lived it was expressed on the king's charity made the whole tribe of devotees murmur but it was a very agreeable amusement to several worthy people at the head of whom it would not be easily surmised that i should place a monk yet though a monk a man of considerable merit and even of a very amiable disposition whose subsequent misfortunes gave me the most lively concern and whose idea attached to that of my happy days is yet dear to my memory i speak of father caton a cordelier who in conjunction with the comte d'ortan had caused the music of poor le maitre to be seized at lyon which action was far from being the brightest trait in his history he was a bachelor of sorbonne had lived long in paris among the great world and was particularly caressed by the marquis d'entremont then ambassador from sardinia he was tall and well made full-faced with very fine eyes and black hair which formed natural curls on each side of his forehead his manner was at once noble open and modest he presented himself with ease and good manners having neither the hypocritical nor impudent behaviour of a monk nor the forward assurance of a fashionable coxcomb but the manners of a well-bred man who without blushing for his habit set a value on himself and ever felt in his proper situation when in good company 
though father caton was not deeply studied for a doctor he was much so for a man of the world and not being compelled to show his talents he brought them forward so advantageously that they appeared greater than they really were having lived much in the world he had rather attached himself to agreeable acquirements than to solid learning had sense made verses spoke well sang better and aided his good voice by playing on the organ and harpsichord so many pleasing qualities were not necessary to make his company sought after and accordingly it was very much so but this did not make him neglect the duties of his function he was chosen in spite of his jealous competitors definitor of his province or according to them one of the greatest pillars of their order father caton became acquainted with madame de varens at the marquis d'entremont's he had heard of her concerts wished to assist at them and by his company rendered our meetings truly agreeable we were soon attached to each other by our mutual taste for music which in both was a most lively passion with this difference that he was really a musician and myself a bungler sometimes assisted by canavas and the abbe palais we had music in his apartment or on holidays at his organ and frequently dined with him for what was very astonishing in a monk he was generous profuse and loved good cheer without the least tincture of greediness after our concerts he always used to stay to supper and these evenings passed with the greatest gaiety and good humour we conversed with the utmost freedom and sang duets i was perfectly at my ease had sallies of wit and merriment father caton was charming madame de varens adorable and the abbe palais with his rough voice was the butt of the company pleasing moments of sportive youth how long since have ye fled as i shall have no more occasion to speak of poor father caton i will here conclude in a few words his melancholy history his brother monks jealous or rather exasperated to discover in him a merit and elegance of manners which favoured nothing of monastic stupidity conceived the most violent hatred to him because he was not as despicable as themselves the chiefs therefore combined against this worthy man and set on the envious rabble of monks who otherwise would not have dared to hazard the attack he received a thousand indignities they degraded him from his office 
took away the apartment which he had furnished with elegant simplicity and at length banished him i know not whither in short these wretches overwhelmed him with so many evils that his honest and proud soul sank under the pressure and after having been the delight of the most amiable societies he died of grief on a wretched bed hid in some cell or dungeon lamented by all worthy people of his acquaintance who could find no fault in him except his being a monk accustomed to this manner of life for some time i became so entirely attached to music that i could think of nothing else i went to my business with disgust the necessary confinement and assiduity appeared an insupportable punishment which i at length wished to relinquish that i might give myself up without reserve to my favourite amusement it will be readily believed that this folly met with some opposition to give up a creditable employment and fixed salary to run after uncertain scholars was too giddy a plan to be approved of by madame de varence and even supposing my future success should prove as great as i flattered myself it was fixing very humble limits to my ambition to think of reducing myself for life to the condition of a music-master she who formed for me the brightest projects and no longer trusted implicitly to the judgment of m d'aubonne seeing with concern that i was so seriously occupied with a talent which she thought frivolous frequently repeated to me that provincial proverb which does not hold quite so good in paris qui bien chante et bien danse fait un métier qui peu avance he who can sweetly sing and featly dance his interests right little shall advance on the other hand she saw me hurried away by this irresistible passion my taste for music having become a furore and it was much to be feared that my employment suffering by my distraction might draw on me a discharge which would be worse than a voluntary resignation i represented to her that this employment could not last long that it was necessary i should have some permanent means of subsistence and that it would be much better to complete by practice the acquisition of that art to which my inclination led me than to make fresh essays which possibly might not succeed since by this means having passed the age most proper for improvement i might be left without a single resource for gaining a livelihood 
in short i extorted her consent more by importunity and caresses than by any satisfactory reasons proud of my success i immediately ran to thank m coccelli director-general of the survey as though i had performed the most heroic action and quitted my employment without cause reason or pretext with as much pleasure as i had accepted it two years before this step ridiculous as it may appear procured me a kind of consideration which i found extremely useful some supposed i had resources which i did not possess others seeing me totally given up to music judged of my abilities by the sacrifice i had made and concluded that with such a passion for the art i must possess it in a superior degree in a nation of blind men those with one eye are kings i passed here for an excellent master because all the rest were very bad ones possessing taste in singing and being favoured by my age and figure i soon procured more scholars than were sufficient to compensate for the losses of my secretary's pay it is certain that had it been reasonable to consider the pleasure of my situation only it was impossible to pass more speedily from one extreme to the other at our measuring i was confined eight hours in the day to the most unentertaining employment with yet more disagreeable company shut up in a melancholy counting-house empoisoned by the smell and respiration of a number of clowns the major part of whom were ill-combed and very dirty what with attention bad air constraint and weariness i was sometimes so far overcome as to occasion a vertigo instead of this behold me admitted into the fashionable world sought after in the first houses and everywhere received with an air of satisfaction amiable and gay young ladies awaiting my arrival and welcoming me with pleasure i see nothing but charming objects smell nothing but roses and orange flowers singing chatting laughter and amusements perpetually succeed each other it must be allowed that reckoning all these advantages no hesitation was necessary in the choice in fact i was so content with mine that i never once repented it nor do i even now when free from the irrational motives that influenced me at that time i weigh in the scale of reason every action of my life 
End of section three. Recording by Martin Giessen in Hazelmere, Surrey.